I'm Doug. This is Mr. Wright. This episode will be about themes. This is a companion piece to last week's episode, which was the fifth season finale of Black Falls. I find that when I write Black Falls, uh, I write my notes as I work from an outline like I normally do. And I find that sometimes either themes emerge or I walk in with a theme and I want to talk about that. Also, a few other themes in some of my writing and others' writing to kind of show you how themes can change um, and how themes can be prevalent uh, and uh, maybe a little bit more subversive when it comes to looking at your own work and you go, oh, there's kind of a through line through other characters, other pieces that you kind of never knew you were saying this about yourself uh, via the characters. So first I want to talk about the bulk of this uh, episode is going to be about the themes in Black Falls. The first season, which was the first novella, the first full-length novella, um, as opposed to kind of the many episodes I've been writing since, I uh, didn't really have a theme. It was kind of me trying to play around with new voices, um, explore certain things in my head, this you know tiny little Rocky Mountain town that was kind of um, a mix of... Um, Twin Peaks, and uh, before it came out, but eventually uh, influencing later episodes, uh, welcome the the podcast, welcome to Night Vale, and just some of my own kind of you know stuff I wanted to explore. I liked the idea of like you know a, a, a little boy or a, a teenager trapped in the body of a doll, uh, trying to escape uh, with you know the kind of prom queen esque girl being like a you know secret witch. Like I kind of liked um, that idea. So there were things that you know I just. With Black Falls, I was just exploring ideas and voices and different techniques of writing. Uh, season two, when I come back to it and start working on it as an actual um, kind of living document podcast. Um, season two, the theme was voyeurism and paranoia. And I don't mean voyeurism as in watching people for sexual gratification. Uh, more of kind of seeing kind of the sick joy of seeing someone in pain. Uh, there's... Uh, a German word uh, that I think is called uh, Schatzenfreuden, something like that. Uh, didn't, didn't take German. Um, but it's the part of your lizard brain that kind of lights up when you see uh, someone fall or someone in distress. Um, it's, you know, every one of us has watched a YouTube video where someone gets hit in the nuts, let's be honest. But it was that kind of voyeurism and paranoia where... You know, I have the stories of the guy being paranoid about the government watching them, or there's the man in the elevator that's always there with you watching you. It was just one of those, I just started kind of writing these weird little stories. Uh, the man in the elevator was just something that popped in my head while I was alone on an elevator and thought someone was behind me, even though they weren't. Um, I was a loner, so I think. Uh, could be the man in the elevator, I don't know. Um, but that's where that idea came from, and, you know, just the... The, the guy being paranoid from the government kind of came out of the song Stuart uh, by the Dead Milkman, and I kind of wanted to do something like that. Uh, but it seemed like just the themes of what I was writing, um, the, of course there's, um, the I believe, the Hearst child who's being watched by the ghost of the old oak tree. Um, that came about from Deb wanting to know more about this ghost of the old oak tree that I never really got into um, in the main uh, in season one of Black Falls, um, and I wanted to explore more of that, and I thought the Hearst Child was um, a, a good kind of um, audience surrogate. But, like, as I wrote them, I was like, oh, these are all about, like, being watched and the paranoia of being watched. 
whether you are or not. So that theme just kind of naturally emerged. Now, was I being paranoid in my real life? Probably not. But, I mean, there are moments where, you know, you kind of get that tickle, you know, uh, on the back of your neck like a spider sense, and you're like, ew, someone's talking about me, someone's behind me. I think I kind of just hyper-evolved that idea into season two. Season three's uh, theme, I kind of walked into knowing that I wanted to have conclusions, and that was... Um, the theme was conclusions. I had um, I had returned and kind of tied up the loose end with uh, Johnny Campbell and the French Inhaler, um, Daniel Allen and Black Falls and what he was doing after that. And then um, all of the uh, Jim Ellis murder victims from Floorboard World. I kind of wanted to conclude all their stories so I could go into season four kind of fresh with uh, new ideas and I could explore new characters without any hanging plot lines. And as I look at like the season notes, I, I do have them in front of me. Season four, the first episode is called Rebirth, um, and it's it's Black Falls coming back. Um, the notes for uh, season four are actually themes are protection and fear. Um, yeah, that's a little broad, I would say. Obviously, season four is more about rebirth, um, and new ideas, you see episode one, rebirth of season four. Um, season two seems to be um, kind of the first time we see the thoughts of Black Falls. We had never really explored Black Falls' own weird, like, macro psyche. Of course, you have the new story of the uh, two meth heads that live outside of, or the two meth dealers that live outside of Black Falls and their whole story. And then, you know, I once again return to uh, Black Falls and its own thought process again. Um, how it's now been reborn and it's got new feelings. So one is kind of a rebirth physically for Black Falls, and the other one's kind of an emotional rebirth for Black Falls. So that would be the theme of that. Despite that, you know, once again, I said themes change. I'm reading what I wrote, the themes that were protection and fear, and I'm going, well, no, now looking at them with fresh eyes, that's the theme. The theme changed from what I originally thought it was going to be. And that would be a great segue into how themes change. Um, but I'm going to kind of go down a rabbit hole later on from that, and I don't want to break up the Black Falls chunk. Sometimes you can walk into pieces and have the theme. Um, like I said, I kind of had the theme thought of for season four. Turns out I was wrong. Um, but season five, I kind of walked in going, okay, I know it's going to be four parts. Um, what, you know, is four parts, and I came up with spring, summer, fall, and winter, of course, the seasons, and then kind of went, okay, well, what's spring, what's summer, you know, summer, I think of barbecue, so I was like, well, that's easy for the uh, cannibal meth cookers, winter was going to be Daniel Allen's funeral, spring was the childhood of Lily Van Horn, and fall was kind of the wrapping up of the Johnny Campbell storyline. Um, and fall in that, you know, not only changing of the season, but fall, like, falling, you're falling down. The conclusion of tripping, I suppose. That was the theme of season five, so I kind of went, okay, well, there's kind of a neat thing. And once I had done that, I thought of another kind of fun theme that's going to be coming up in number six that came from a, a very well-known uh, video game Easter egg. I guess you could call it, um, the Konami Code. So that's, I'm not going to say too much about it, because, you know, spoilers. But if you know what I'm talking about, then you'll have to try to figure out, you know, kind of where I went with 
um, using the Konami code to rate Black Fall Season 6. In terms of the theme of, you know, the themes change, yes, I just talked about without Black Falls. Uh, one note I did want to bring up in terms of changing themes was something I'd never thought about until someone changed the theme of Batman. Batman, you seem to have, it's a theme of vengeance and justice. You know, he's, he's always trying to stop the criminals from hurting anyone else. But really, I had, I, I, you know, I don't know if it was Grant Morrison or Jeff Johns. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't remember who, who the writer was on this, but it had kind of went, no, Batman's about hope. Batman is about, you know, making it a better world where a child's parents aren't murdered in alleys in a senseless random act of violence. He, Batman is really run on hope. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, there's fear and anger and all that. Anger is a secondary emotion if you listen to my therapeutic show, but that's beside the point. But that theme, now that I look at Batman through a lens of its hope, um, and even he may not look at it that way, uh, brings an interesting new dynamic to reading Batman and looking at the character and watching the movies. Um, so changing the theme is could be great. Re, you know, re-examining a character from a different point of view. And then lastly, what do themes say about you? You, the writer. My first novel, Strangest Kindness, features a uh, character Dante Kindness, and then I have a plan for a 12... Uh, book series that I'm never going to write, let's just be honest, <laughs> called the Calendar Series. I'll eventually, I might get to it, who knows. But both characters, Jason Calendar and um, Dante Kynes, are just these kind of, um, you know, like high-functioning alcoholic smokers who, you know, just want to be left alone to their own devices. They're fine you know, going through life and doing what they, you know, want to do and need to do, but they don't want to be bothered by anything. They just want to live what I call a life of convenience, and that doesn't mean that they're rich and it's a life of leisure. No, no. They just don't want anything complicated. They don't want anything to complicate their simple existences. And I did not realize that I was thinking of these, you know, creating these characters until a then-girlfriend said, you realize... It's exactly what you want. You just want to, you know, sit down with, you know, a whiskey and a camel cigarette and write and not be bothered. And then you can come back out of your writing fugue and, you know, go have dinner or play a video game or, you know, hang out with a girlfriend, obviously, and do what boyfriends and girlfriends do together. I don't need to explain that part to you. Go listen to the writing a sex scene episode if you really want to know what I'm talking about. You know, I just wanted this simple existence that was uncomplicated. You know, it's like, wake up, I have a cigarette, I, re I, I might read a little, I, I'll write, and then I go and I have, like, you know, a semblance of a normal life for a very short amount of time, and then I go to sleep and I do it all over again. I wanted an uncomplicated life. Well, of course, that's not the way my life is. Um, and I don't think that's how a lot of people's lives are, but it was kind of a wish fulfillment. I mean, I didn't want to be a magician or a detective. I mean, that does sound cool, but I just wanted, um, that simple existence, that uncomplicated, uncluttered life. And I didn't realize that's what I was, you know, projecting out into the world. I didn't realize that's what my writing was saying about me as a 
as, as a writer, as a human being. So it's always kind of fun to see, you know, that not to be quaint, and that's not the word I'm looking for, not to be glib, but that, you know, when I stared at the abyss and the abyss stared back, it was like, oh, okay then. It's always kind of fun to, to see that. So also be careful, I suppose. This could be a cautionary tale. Um, be careful that, you know, you're not putting out into the world something you don't want. Invariably, if you get any kind of success and you end up on a press junket, people might notice this and go, hmm, all of your characters have kind of a dog whistle racism to them. What does that say about you? And then you're like, oh shit, I was just thinking of a character flaw, but maybe I'm a slightly horrible human being. That was an example. I'm not saying that about anyone specifically, real or otherwise. So that's it about themes. I hope you enjoyed this. Good luck getting through your own themes, thinking of them or surviving them as the case may be. And remember, you keep writing, they'll keep reading. Right on. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher.